Hello and welcome to the Engineering Career Coach Podcast. In this episode, I'll be talking to Anan Safi. He's a senior engineering leader at Mark 43. We're going to be talking about the importance of building a strong engineering culture and how engineering leaders can help with developing organizational culture at their firms. I'm your host, Jeff Perry. I'm the founder of More Than Engineering, and I help engineers and technology professionals with leadership and career coaching to create meaningful careers and lives. This is the Engineering Career Coach Podcast, brought to you by EMI. This is the first podcast dedicated to helping engineers and technical professionals with both their personal and professional development. Before we get started, I just want to mention that this is a free show, and our sponsors help us to keep it free. So now I would like to recognize our sponsor for this episode, SSAI, Science Systems and Applications. Are you an engineer looking for an exciting career in the aerospace industry? Do you want to help design and build the next generation of satellites to monitor the health of the Earth? Explore our neighbors in the solar system and study the composition of the universe? Then you'll want to check out SSAI. From hardware to software, testing, calibration, validation, mission operations, and more. Join our team of engineers working on exciting projects such as the Dragonfly mission to Saturn's moon Titan, the capture, containment, and return systems for the next Mars sample return mission, and the Nancy Grace Roman Space Telescope, which will unravel the secrets of dark energy and dark matter in our universe. SSAIers helped design, build, test, and launch the iconic James Webb Space Telescope, the most powerful telescope ever launched into space, and one that will be able to see the formation of the first galaxies and give us detailed information on potentially habitable exoplanets. Others contributed to the recently launched GOES-18 satellite, the latest in a series of weather satellites designed for better detection and monitoring of storms, hurricanes, lightning, smoke, as well as provide improved air quality warnings, safer flight paths, and more accurate monitoring of radiation hazards. If you see yourself working in a fast-paced, rewarding career that directly contributes to projects helping to improve our understanding of the world we live in, check out www.ssaihq.com today to apply for open positions. All right, now it's time to jump right into the main segment of the episode. And I'm here talking with Anand. Anand, it's so fun to have you with me here on the episode. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you so much, Jeff, for having me. It's, it's absolutely a delight on my end to be uh, talking with you today. As we get started here, I'd love to hear in your own words so that you can share with our listeners a little bit more about who you are and what it is that you do on a daily basis. Professionally, I currently am a senior engineering manager at Mark 43. It's a public safety SaaS company. I lead teams around building a mobile-first solutions for our first responders in the field. That's kind of my day role. But apart from that, as you said, like, who am I? I probably just be on that engineering management uh, role of mine. I am also doing my fair bit of industry mentorship, actually, and also startup advisory and with a couple of nonprofits as a volunteer board members. So trying to make sure that I am able to connect with 
peers in the industry for just more collective growth or help kind of the next wave of innovation and talent and empower them with kind of whatever my own learnings uh, were as I went through my own career journey from uh, getting my bachelor's and master's in computer science and a decade worth of various roles in the software engineering field to the point today where I'm juggling between industry involvement and kind of my core uh, foundational role actually. What are some of those ways that you're able to get involved in the industry? And you talked about nonprofits and other things, giving back with mentorship. What are some of the ways that you do that right now? So for mentorship, thankfully, we have a lot of wonderful platforms now that handle the logistics side of things. Maybe five, 10 years back, uh, it was almost like building a personal brand. You need to do a lot of outreach and kind of just even sales and marketing to an extent, like to make yourself discoverable. That has probably gone away with these platforms. So I am with a couple of platforms um, like Mentor Cruise, uh, Plato, and Best Practicer, ADP List, uh, depending on kind of the target audience. Some have a focus on young engineering talent, well, some have a focus on engineering leaders. So that definitely helps. For the board membership and kind of startup advisory, those are the things where I actually do active outreach. If I come across something that combines a cause that I care about with technology, uh, trying to make innovation, that's something deeply rooted in kind of what I like to work, right? So even though my current company's focus is on mission-critical public safety software, and then in the past also there, there I've been involved with companies in the mental health wellness space that use technology. So whatever that kind of addresses a lingering cause by using technical innovation, that's kind of where I really love to at least see if I can be involved in and do my fair bit. Well, it's fun to see the different areas that you're able to connect and serve and utilize your skills in these different industries and, and opportunities. So, Anand, I know one of the things is, is you and I have talked before, and I know we want to talk about today, something that you really believe in is building strong engineering cultures. So as we start this discussion on building engineering culture, how would you define that engineering culture? And, and why do you think it's so important to build these healthy engineering cultures? The definition probably might be very fluid, even if we take the engineering and culture piece separate, starting with culture and then putting an engineering spin on it. But when I combine it together, my own kind of layman analysis is engineering culture basically refers to a shared values and beliefs. And I use those two words separately, not using them as a single word because those are different, like values and beliefs are different. So it's kind of a group of shared values and beliefs, which kind of determine how you will act or respond to situations as an engineering organization, right? So how you approach change management, org design, or reorgs, or how you approach a complex product development problem, how you tackle a tricky P0, P1 kind of customer issue, how do you seek feedback from your product and design pillars to get better as an engine? So all of that kind of as the umbrella is in engineering culture that the shared values and beliefs that lead to actions on how you respond to situations or scenarios. You talked about that values and beliefs are different. How would you define those differently just for the context of our conversation here? Actually, we had a book club uh, just last week from one of Adam Grant's book, actually. And uh, there was this chapter on values and beliefs uh, where beliefs are kind of just impressions or opinions that people form. And hopefully those can be changed for the better good, right? The more information you get, the more you become contextually aware. You can change your belief if you believed in something originally, but a lot of information or the or kind of the premise has changed. You can form a new belief. 
the value is kind of the guiding uh, principle that you will stay true to, right? No matter what the situation or what the beliefs or opinions floating around, you are true to kind of the values and always stick by them. That's why companies do these value alignment interviews and kind of publish the core values that they share for. While beliefs are something that you believe in something today, six months later, you might believe in something, ideally kind of something different. But as long as you have the emotional strength and resilience set up to be okay with that sort of change management, that is kind of also part of the culture in a sense. So that is probably where I would separate values and beliefs versus mutable versus immutable in some sense. Those values are things that are are virtually stable. We want to keep those personally and as an organization stable and same over time, where the beliefs are things that we're kind of moving through the iterative adjustments and changes in changing those beliefs over time as we go through various stages of of personal and and organizational growth. Very simple, small example is I value transparent communication. That is kind of the core value that there should be transparency and bidirectional communication flow. Currently, or up until now, when I was kind of a new engineering manager, I believed that everything and anything should be shared top down. Now, as I'm stepping into senior leadership, actually, I realized like not everything is probably good to be shared because it's half-baked to begin with, right? We are still figuring out as an organization or as a leadership team on what route we're going to take. We are going to, I would say, evaluate multiple strategies. So why would you share something that you lack clarity fundamentally to begin with and causing more confusion down the road? So the value is transparency once you have clarity of communication, but the belief has changed for me in terms of sharing everything and anything versus what to share and when to share actually. As we get back to this idea of building strong engineering cultures, what are some of the activities and and things that we can do as individuals, as leaders, as organizations to really build these strong engineering cultures? I like that you put the organizational and leaders together in the statement because I think that's a shared responsibility. This is not a one person, one division thing. And that's why I would first say that just uh, define this as a team. Don't let a team of like two people who are focused on the people outside of things or the culture side of things just say, go have meetings or go figure out org's engineering culture for us, actually. Just make sure it's crowdsourced to begin with. At least the ideas are crowdsourced to begin with, right? What are things you value or what would make kind of you more happy in your current role? What would make you want to stay or what would make you kind of just be more productive or efficient in your role, right? Those are kind of the touch points or questions that we probably should ask all teams or all engineers, at least as we're talking about engineering culture. So take kind of information bottom up in the sense. Once we have that, at least as kind of the leadership team, you could take a first pass of aligning that to a group of shared values, because there are things like organizational values. And then there's things like values from an engineering division standpoint. See if there is alignment, right? Like if some organizational value is we always prioritize the customer. We don't want an engineering cultural value saying that we always prioritize what we feel is right, no matter whatever the customer says, right? There needs to be some form of bridge that, yes, we prioritize the customer's needs, but we also want to make sure we stand by kind of what is correct and making the customer kind of at least understand where we are coming from. So make sure that there is no complete 180 in terms of the values being siloed between the mini division and the kind of main organization. Once you have formed that kind of first pass of values, make them visible and celebrate them. Often what I've seen is these values get published on a careers page or in a mentioned in kind of a company interview, and then they're not talked about in day-to-day conversations, right? Slack messages or just kind of when you're praising someone or 
performance reviews tied back on how people are showcasing the values that we represent from an engineering culture standpoint, actually. So either if you're using any means of communication, having public praise channels, if people are okay with that, trying to give private praise, trying to highlight in the reviews, trying to celebrate it all hands in terms of just we used in my current past companies, uh, like awards of the quarter where people earned the kind of the most praises for a certain value, actually. And our values are move mountains, own it, or just, uh, I would say, wrestle it to the ground. Like we just came up with quirky ways that could make it easy to understand, uh, act upon, and then celebrate and resonate with people. That is kind of where I would say just is take information bottom up, take a first pass as kind of a leadership team, but then make sure it's visible and celebrated to begin with uh, as much possible. That's really important. I've found that to be true in my experience where sometimes values may be established and posted somewhere, but do people even know what those are? A lot of times not. So that's the first thing, like making that to the forefront of our awareness as a team at every level, trying to connect those and how those connect, whether you're someone, an individual contributor to the executive level, like they need to be acted upon then and, and praising those, recognizing those and using those values as filters and drivers of the decisions that we make according to the values. So that's fantastic insights there. I want to also talk about like how do we continue to reinforce this from the leadership and the personal relationship side and I think one of those ways we can do that is with mentoring like really trying to embed the culture of the organization through mentoring. Can you talk about that and how mentoring plays a part in all of this? I think mentoring plays a huge part because I don't want to suggest that we want to think mentoring of in this context as coaching, where you are teaching someone how to do it. What I mean by mentoring is giving someone the safe space to express themselves, right? As you have a mentor or a mentee relationship, the psychological safety is the number one thing because as we were just talking, the number one thing to come up with these uh, kind of ideas for organization culture is, is bottom-up information sharing. If people don't feel the courage to share that, this thing is not great, or I want to really change this part of my role, that is definitely not going to help. So I think subtle aspect of mentorship that people kind of often overlook is that it creates a sense of trust that with your mentor, you can at least showcase vulnerability. Actually, it starts with the mentors being vulnerable in, to begin with, right? If leaders and mentors in the session say that we know it has not been perfect up until now, we really care and believe that this team can make it happen. These are our goals we want to hit as a company. What can we do better to support you in that direction so that you can do your absolute best, right? So that form of kind of mentorship safe space is great. It also provides an opportunity for uh, employees to grow, actually, in terms of just uh, trying to do a little bit more critical thinking than just simply be constrained by this agile delivery rituals we have, right? A mentorship program that talks about kind of your own growth indirectly translates to engineering culture that, okay, there is a lot of learning and development and kind of growth opportunities for me, actually, while mentoring. It's not simply that I am used as typical cost resource to deliver these amount of story points or these amount of work, each sprint, actually. So that is a huge kind of mindset shift on how somebody would look their team, not as just another job, but as a place to grow and, and really kind of invest their time and effort in there. It helps you refocus on empathy and core values and identify gaps early on, right? Because probably you have the senior talent 
or leadership leading these mentorship sessions, actually, the more you are open and accommodating to knowledge share with kind of the people who are still young or new to the company. And the more you are willing to kind of just meet in the middle, that goes a long way in terms of the empathy and kind of core values uh, that you're not trying to hold yourself, become a bottleneck to the amount of information you possess, right? Like you want to grow people into the role that you're doing now, a year or two from now, actually. So mentorship can provide an avenue to make that happen. And that just goes back to kind of the culture of just making sure that people are not insecure at any level. They want to make sure that everyone is kind of growing together and the organization is truly scaling the way they want it to scale. It's especially important for leaders to really lead and lead out in the creation of the culture and embed that through the relationships and the mentoring and also connect that with the individuals at at every level and how they can continue to grow and build through that culture to, to really build this from the ground all the way to every level of your organization. Did I understand that correctly? 100%. Now, as we're trying to build these cultures, we also recognize that there's going to be challenges and, and maybe not everyone is going to be acting in alignment with the culture and the values of the organization. So many of us have seen examples of times where leaders or others will say something or define a culture and then that culture not actually be true. That creates some strife. So what are some of these ways that cultures can kind of break down and some bad cultural practices and and how can companies and leaders try and prevent these things from happening so we can build the strength of the culture rather than letting it break down? It probably would be a couple of things we were talking. First is just don't make it top down in any sense. You don't want to just kind of hear in one all hands meeting all of a sudden, this is our new org culture and these are the values actually or just hires an external kind of agency or third party to do this for you, just to make sure this is something that is truly formed together. So top down with no input just feels like people will not kind of truly listen and adapt actually in that sense. The second is uh, don't draft, share, and forget, as we were saying, like you didn't do top down, you did bottom up, you kind of put it together. But then once you did that, as a company goal to come up with our values, since then they're forgotten. We don't talk about them. We don't kind of celebrate them. We don't see them day to day. And then it's just just kind of quickly an effort gone wrong. Like we don't want to make this an OKR item in any sense. Like the OKR for this team was drafting company values. Look, we hit it, 0.8. And then, but what's the follow-up? Like is this embedded into the DNA of how we operate as a company or set of teams? Probably no, then that's not good practice. And the last thing is, absolute favorite, say one thing and do another, right? If we took the time to say this is what we value, once or twice trade-offs are okay, you can make exceptions, but don't keep on making a habit. And that is where each individual leader or division leader will need to kind of lead by example. If that is the shared set of values, don't let kind of make sure that your division is doing always the opposite thing or just making exceptions every single time try to make sure we're still all steering together towards a common goal that we originally kind of intended to actually. There's a striking balance between kind of just giving divisions and teams autonomy versus trying to make sure we are still rallying towards the common set of principles that we originally decided to. So that's, I think, my favorite that if we say as a company, we value this, then people should see it, right? Because people will quickly make out if like, but actually we have been doing completely the opposite. Wow, this does not align. Actually, I don't love it here. And then, okay, 
probably I need to look for someplace else, which actually stands true to their commitments or cultural values. So that's just something. And it, it sounds very catchy, but that's common practice. We see that often in teams or people leaving in the sense. So just simply, yeah, don't say one thing and do another. We have to walk the walk, not just talk the talk, right? You keep talking about going from bottom up and involving everyone. I think one of the biggest pieces of that is it allows everyone to feel ownership of those values and that culture. Is that It's everyone's responsibility, not just one person's. It's, it's everyone's involved in defining, creating, and continuing to build on it, really building that for everyone. Now, towards the end there, you were also talking about like, hey, people are leaving and we're seeing a lot of engineering industries and technology industries that are having a lot of retention issues and having a hard time attracting appropriate talent. What do you think that leaders and companies can do? Is there a culture piece to this that can really help attract and retain excellent talent in their organizations? I would say a couple of things. If you have these company values or just as an engineering culture kind of set of principles in place and in practice, make sure you're making them measurable and closing the feedback loop. By closing the feedback loop, I don't mean that you put the values out there after being drafted and then six months later collect the feedback on how is it going. That's just one loop. I mean that based on the feedback, you are taking some action and then that's how you close the feedback loop in true sense that the based on the feedback you got, you're putting out the next steps that you're taking to address that. How does it relate to the question you just asked is if you do that, you will have everyone advocating company culture in various kind of hiring interviews that people do, right? A typical candidate who goes through the hiring interview process will talk to two or three engineers or somebody in the product and design sites, the hiring manager or a couple of other folks. If you as a hiring manager are claiming these things, like we have great culture, everything is drafted. If they're hearing completely opposite from the other engineers, or if they're not getting that vibe, that dismisses the whole candidate experience or that top talent kind of seeing if that truly what you said is true. So if you have people who are in that current company seeing this firsthand, what you're claiming or what you believe is the culture, it makes it so much easier when you kind of hear the same messaging across any interviewer who sits in that interview the talent would know, okay, I think there's a great culture because everyone seems to be aligned and everyone feels good about kind of how we are progressing on the company uh, goals or, or cultural values. The second is be authentic and vulnerable. You don't want to paint unicorns in interviews just to attract top talent and the reality being completely different, right? People value honesty. As a candidate, it's is equally hard. Like I could be a candidate tomorrow if I'm looking for someone in the role actually, but I value honesty that I would rather say that this is what are my strengths and these are my constructive areas rather than trying to showcase something entirely different and then fail in the first 90 days, actually. Similarly, as kind of companies, make sure that this is what we do well. This is what we're still trying to figure out as an organization. So be patient. But with you coming on board and kind of your ideas, the culture add that you will bring, we often look for culture fit. We're looking for culture add, actually, that what you'll add to our culture will help us kind of get there. So be authentic and vulnerable in terms of any sort of forum, I think also equally important. That's great because we need to be sharing the truth and the reality of how things actually are, not just 
kind of putting on a facade, but it also is important to be aligned across the culture and that first impression of a potential employees coming into the company, the different people that are going to be interacting with is a great test of whether you're claiming something and whether people are actually putting off that those same values and living those values. It's kind of that first impression. I like to quote kind of you don't get a second chance to make a first impression. And that's true of customers and clients, but it's certainly true of prospective and and future employees as well and how we bring people in appropriately. So this has been an excellent conversation. Anand, really appreciate this. At this point, we're going to transition over to the Take Action Today segment, where we'll get one final piece of actionable advice on this topic. Be right back. Now it's time for our Take Action Today segment of the show. Anand, this has been a fun conversation. We've been talking about engineering culture. As we finish off here, we've got a lot of individuals at various levels of organizations who are listening to this here. So what would you say to them How can every individual kind of take ownership and try and do what they can to build culture in their organizations? Start with the next kind of smallest step you can take logically in in this because engineering culture is a pretty broad term open to interpretation and could be far-fetching across teams. So it could start with simply having a conversation with your current immediate manager on what is the current engineering culture or if there's any work that you can help to support or revamp those discussions. Or it could kind of just talking with your people ops team if they have any micro surveys or kind of culture surveys planned in the year. And we can kind of add a couple of specific things around the engineering pieces. Conversation with your managers and peers might be that one take action piece that I would like to share. And that should hopefully as a building block lead to something bigger over time. Just start the conversation no matter where that starts. That's an opportunity to build a culture. Well, and on this has been such a fun conversation for me, and I think our listeners are going to get a lot of value out of this. If people want to connect with you or learn more about these topics or the things you're up to, where would you point them? Please connect with me on LinkedIn. I post uh, or cross post most of the items there. And I also make sure to check my inbox messages to see if there's something I can do or if I can connect you to that, as we were saying, the next logical kind of person or entity who could help. So definitely feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn and we'll get talking. Thanks so much for this conversation. Wish you nothing but continued success. Thanks so much. Thank you so much, Jeff, again, for having me. Wish you a wonderful rest of your day ahead. I really hope you enjoyed the episode today. We would love to hear your feedback, comments, and questions. You can go to www.engineeringmanagementinstitute.org where you'll find a summary of the key points discussed in the episode as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books that we mentioned. And don't forget to check out any upcoming live webinars also at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. Additionally, for any engineers who are struggling and need help taking the next career step, I've created some free training resources with an opportunity to join a more intensive program called the Engineering Career Accelerator. You can find more information at engineeringcareeraccelerator.com. Until next time, I wish you the best in all of your engineering endeavors. The strategies that you heard in this episode will be of no use to you unless you take action and start to implement them in your career immediately. To help you do that, we have designed a system that you can use at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. It combines live monthly webinars with PDHs, plus a private forum giving you access to coaches and premium content 
focused on helping you build your management and leadership skills. Join us for our next live webinar at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org and we'll help you engineer your own success.